Welcome to CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of CTO Confessions is brought to you by the one and only IT Labs, providing technology leaders with purpose-driven development teams for high-performance innovation and productivity, of course. What more could you want? Please think of us like tech leaders, favourite off-the-shelf service, providing quality, high-performing teams off that shelf. And your host today is me, TC Gill, IT Labs Chief Talking Officer. And I'm speaking from Little Britain, London. And in this episode, we're going to talk to a tech leader in a company that is going beyond the standard marketing brand. It's about the experience. Experience is the new brand. So let's meet our guest, Marcus Lambert from Omabono. Welcome to CTO Confessions, Marcus. Thank you for having me. That's great. So, so tell the audience about yourself. What do you do and um, who do you work for? So I currently work for um, like a digital agency called Omabono. My career is, is interesting in some respects. I've worked from like kind of big corporate IT um, all the way through to, um, you know, startups and now in an agency. A long time ago, I used to be kind of, I first got into IT as a, like a systems engineer. So I've come from a systems engineering background, but then quickly moved into kind of development. Um, I had had a time at McKinsey and then into other professional service firms, uh, legal ones like Allen and Overy and Clever Chance, where I've led, led um, you know, architecture teams, etc. Cool. So... It's been nice to kind of come from this big world IT um, and understand maybe some of the politics and some of the uh, you know <laughs> yeah. slow movingness of some of the projects um, uh, into um, into like a purely consulting um, kind of world of agency where it's exactly the opposite. It tends to be very fast moving, you know, yeah. you know, deciphering client briefs and yeah. you know pulling a team together and turning it around. Um, and then in the middle, I had a kind of a three to five year experience where I left Clifford Chance and we got some VC funding and that, and we produced um, uh, some email classification software that sat on, that, that was kind of aimed at professional service firms as well. So, yeah. you know, we, we built that from scratch. So kind of had seen a few sides of the coins, um, I yes. would say, um, see how it all works. Yeah. Um, so also kind of seen this aspect of like lean and agile as in a, in a, in a startup compared to, you know, kind of maybe more the kind of yes. <laughs> more kind of corporate culture where there's big teams and, uh, you know, kind of committees, et cetera. So, yes. yeah. So, so in terms of your experience around these varying uh, organizations and sizes, um, I can imagine there's a kind of a real kind of bittersweet uh, taste in each of them. I, it, what, what was it like going from kind of corporate world or to the corporate world uh, from a kind of startup environment? Because I can imagine it's like, like turning a trying to turn a sh- uh, uh, oil tanker type thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. I, I think I learned a lot doing the startup, um, you know, and and it, 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 I think it set me up well to go into Omobono because Omobono, we just, you know, we concentrate on B2B brands. So we concentrate on these big corporates. Um, mm. So, you know, I bring that knowledge in to my clients, understanding how, you know, decision processes and how things, how things can take a while. And, you know, you need all these stakeholders to agree to do things. Um, and I can bring that with me, mm. but also from a, you know, a lean side from a startup, have that nimbleness that you have um, in a startup and that, 
kind of maybe clarity of thought and um, decision making that you ha- you get in a startup mm. um, into getting things done for my clients. So yeah, I think it's the best of both worlds. Um, you know, you can bring them together, and that's that helps um, our delivery from our bonus point of view. Brilliant. Excellent. So coming on to uh, the company that you work for, um, I was going to try and pronounce it then, but I keep getting it wrong. I was practicing it before the podcast and I thought, no, I'm not going to give it a go. Um, oh, Omo Bono. There you go. Yeah, Just, yeah that's good. That's pretty good. Go. Pretty good uh, go. Yeah, it, uh, so, it typically takes people six months to get that used to that <laughs> when they join. Yeah. It's cool. That makes you remember it. So, um, in terms of the company, then uh, we were talking before the podcast around what you're actually doing because I, initially I thought it was just marketing, but actually it's more than that. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, traditionally the agency um, um, has been around um, a long time, and so it came, comes from its kind of creative heritage of more kind of traditional campaign-based marketing um, and activation, um, uh, but. Since I've been there for the last five six years, um, we've kind of much moved moved towards the kind of digital experience space. Um, and you could argue that's a you know that's a journey and an evolution. Um, you know, so many more things nowadays are um, you know experience based when they used to be probably more traditional kind of paper based billboard uh, uh, over the line marketing kind of um, aspects. And now they're moving into digital. Yeah. Um, and slowly we're seeing we we we're, we're seeing. Um, and experience is kind of the new brand. You know, it's it, it used to be it was just like the logo and the feel and of the creative of a brand. And now it's really the experience that you have about that brand is kind of defining the brand. So that's not just all the the kind of creative uh, aspects to it or the tone tonality to it. It's also you know how how do you feel when you speak to their help desk? How do you feel when you're going for a sales process? I mean, even how you feel as an employee at those um, at those organizations, you know, mm-hmm. are they using the right tools? Is it easy to work with? Those kind of things. That that all feeds into the brand nowadays. And Omabono believe that. And, you know, and in my my area of the business is concentrating in building the technology um, with our UX teams and creative teams to kind of, you know, make sure brands are getting that right. Brilliant. That's, uh, I think, you know, I've never really thought of it like that. I always think kind of brands, I have to confess when I look at some big corporates, you just think, oh, that's just PR, you know, it's just all sounding good and what have you. But I think the kind of reality of uh, social media and the ease of communication is, is that stuff gets out, you know, the perception of a company, um, you know that that experience yeah. of the company comes out, and then uh, kind of the lines are blurred now. It's not it's not just a case of uh, it looking good and uh, the logo. Um, and and in terms of the kind of clients you've worked with, I mean, give us some examples. Yeah, we've we, we've you know I, I guess I guess I'm lucky in some respects that you know Omabona has some great clients. Um, you know we work for the likes of you know Accenture, the BPs, the Shells, the Googles, the Facebooks, um, in, and then you know great pharmaceutical um, kind of industry clients like Clinogen. Um, we've got some clients in, it was really interesting client, a, a client called Jato, who um, who are data providers to the automotive sector. Um, really interesting businesses. And, wow. But you know, Omabona only really works in the B2B space. Um, you know, we, we have a passion for it. We actually think it's really interesting um, compared to the B2B, B2C space. Um, 
because you've got to get in, you've got to get inside these businesses and understand their business problems. Mm. And every business is different. You know, they're selling a different product or a different service. Yes. Um, they, they're all wired and constructed very differently. Um, and, and that's what makes it exciting because you, you know, you kind of, you've got to, you know, dissemble all that and bring it all back together to actually understand them. So yeah, that, that's why we think B2B is exciting. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, in terms of some of these companies, they might have quite boring products. I'm just kind of thinking off the top of my head. I mean, is it a case of kind of creating an excitement around the products that they create as well and the creativity around that? Um, yeah, some, some, you know, so some of the campaign aspects, you know, so we, we, we kind of, you know, where technology pops into maybe campaigns is actually you, your you'd, B2B products tend to be quite expensive. Um, you know, you know, we work for Thomson Reuters, you know, some of their um, wow. uh, products are expensive products. It's, it's not like something you'd buy off Amazon, you know, <laughs> they, they involve, you know, large amount of stakeholders who have got to buy maybe a piece of um, uh, financial software. And, it, you know, it's an enterprise buy. Yes. Um, requires, you know, security to sign off, IT to sign off, the business to sign off, procurement to sign off. Um, and, yes. you know, there's probably a, maybe say a year's worth of integration or something you've got to do to actually put the product in. So yeah. there's, you know, elements of pre-sale solutionizing. It's, it's a complicated sale. It's mm. not like just click, click on something buy. Um, and it, it can take six, the lead times can take six months, a year, wow. et cetera. So you need to, you need to understand those aspects and, you know, you're trying to maybe keep a prospect in the funnel for a very long period of time. And yeah. you've got to realize that you're actually looking at all sorts of different stakeholders. Yeah. Um, and that, that, that's, that has a unique challenge. Yeah. You know, it's thought leadership, it's white papers. And some of the, some of the technology projects we do is that, you know, we're trying to, uh, you know, for, we did, we did a great project a couple of years back for Thomson Reuters, where we did a diagnostic tool. Uh, where prospects to come in and essentially go for an interview process in the diagnostic pool and it would give them, you know, a personalized report back. So, you know, we generated PDFs in the background and gave a personalized report based on their, their questions. Um, and, and, you know, it gave them insight. So, you, really, you know, the thought leadership from Thompson Woods was really helping the, 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 mm -hmm. the prospect um, understand their own business right. based on, um, you know, the insights that Thompson Royce has had. You know, we have projects like that all the way through to kind of, um, you know, more, um, you know, more kind of digital transformation projects um, where we're actually creating use, you know, we're actually digitizing you know, the, the um, Clinogen, for example, we're taking, you know, their kind of offline purchasing hospitals, purchasing drugs, um, you know, or pharmacies purchasing drugs, we're digitizing it. Wow. And, you know, there's a lot of regulation around that. So taking that into a purely digital mode so people can see their past orders and order, order drugs online mm -hmm. um, that a hospital would buy is very different from maybe a consumer. This is kind of different from consumer pharmacy, but yes. building an experience around that um, because, you know, it's like wholesale drug buying. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, build it, building that experience that helps the pharmacists themselves do that job um, and help their you know that and 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 help help make their lives a lot easier really yes. ultimately um you know so they have more time to do other things is 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 part of our remit as well 
Brilliant. I love this. So as a tech leader in this space, uh, what are the challenges you come across? What What's your kind of like, what does your day look like or your week look like? You know, as a leader, um, I mean, obviously, we we firmly believe on the bono, you know, as a leader, our role is to coach. Um, so, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm, I'm there to serve my team and get the best out of them. Um, that, so generally, mostly I'm, I'm, you know, I'm helping all my teams um, deliver their client projects and, and, and also obviously making sure I have happy clients. Mm-hmm. So I do jump around yeah, right. because, <laughs> you, know, you know, we have five or six projects on um, and I do jump around a lot between those. Um, and it will also I'm also trying to win new business as well. So sometimes I'm speaking to prospects, sometimes I'm speaking to existing teams, you know, sometimes I'm putting out fires, really. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I do see it as um, as it is a bit of a plate spinning exercise is going around, you know, lots of different things, keeping all the plates spinning sometimes. Um, yes. Bit, you know, speaking to new customers, bit speaking to prospects, bit speaking to my team leads to try and make sure how delivery is, 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 is you know, going, etc. And if they have any problems, do, you, do I need to jump in? Do I need to do I need to, you know, fix something up? That's generally what I'm, um, you know, generally what my day-to-day week looks like. So yes. I've, I, and, and it's interesting contrast because obviously when I was in a startup, um, you know, you know, you're very focused on one thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now going into, um, into an agency from a startup, it was, um, it, it is exactly like polar opposite because it's lots, lots <laughs> of little things. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And it's a kind of tornado of uh, of things coming in from the side, you know. It's literally... Oh yeah, yeah, all the time. I mean, it is. There is always a level of firefighting, you know, putting out small fires and trying to keep fires at a controllable, you know, controllable size. Because it is, you know, the, the yeah, our industry it, it is. It's it's you know it, it, it there's always change. Yeah. Uh, there's always new things. There's always things you didn't you didn't realize when you first started something. Yeah. You know, you, you kind of have to set yourself up for that. Um, yes. To 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 be adaptable to you know changing client requirements. You know, the CEO said former client said he wants to do this, and we're definitely doing that. You know, and that yeah. came in at, came in at the ninth hour. Kind wow. Of, et cetera. Happens all the time. Yeah. So so in terms of your leadership and your people, I mean, what how do you kind of approach that to to make your life easier, you know, and their life easier. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess Omabono in the last two or three years has gone through quite um, quite a big change. We've kind of, um, as a leadership team um, and, you know, credit to our COO, Sarah, um, we, we've tried to move towards a very, um, to, to really raise the, the, the trust levels within the organisation. And to adopt more agile practices, I know as as tech leaders, we um, you know very used to agile, um, you know love it or hate it. Um, <laughs> but if you bear it down to the core principles, it's actually interesting. You can use it outside, you know, tech. And w- one of the ways we thought we would we, we would do that was um, to um, is to work on the, the trust levels within the organisation, and 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 the ways of working with each other and getting to know each other um, uh-huh. that underpins that. And, and that's really raised our trust levels to the point where everybody is a leadership and a leader, a leader in some way. Um, yeah. It's an organization that we can, you know, actually genuinely give feedback to everybody. Um, I get feedback on my work from my team and it, and everybody feels in a safe environment to do that. 
brilliant. We've also, because of the agile aspects, we moved everyone to a much more experimental mindset. So it's much more around, you know, this, so this is trying to combat this change. So the mm. idea is because everything changes all the time. If we have an experimental mindset, you know, we, we can adapt to these changes. So, you know, as an organization, we totally believe in small moves. You know, what is the next small move? You'll, you'll hear that in our, um, in our cultural language that we use. It's like, what is the next small move we're going to do on this project? What's the next small move we're going to do to move this along? Mm. Um, and, you know, that, that all bases itself in agile, um, you know, trying to like, you know, yeah. do things in iterations and small things. So we always delivering value all the time. Um, yes. And, and we all, we all, all come to a realization, nothing can be perfect, you know, um, and it's all about progression um, rather than perfection. Um, yes. And we've successfully rolled that out um, uh, across the organization in all the functions. Um, it, it, it's been, it's been amazing to see. So, yes, um, that's really good to hear. Because yeah. um, as as you kind of uh, touched on there, agile's got a got a bit. It's a bit like marmite. If people don't yeah. know, out there. you either love it or you hate it. Um, and uh, so, what would you kind of say to tech leaders out there that maybe don't have the most pleasant of aftertastes from experiencing it? Yeah, I, I think you've got to. I think you know. I think people get agile gets banded up with lots of other things uh, like you know they talk about scrum and methodology you get all you you get you know we're engineers right and so we love to have a good process and a good methodology that uh, you know stacks on top of it all uh, but i think you've got to go pair back down to the original agile principles and that's where the that's where the gold is yes and i think what you do on top of it is um you you got to you, you've got to you know you've got to find your own journey a little bit with that but yeah. i think if you pair it back down to the agile principles that's where the gold lies and and i think that's where people people tend to go wrong is that they don't look at those they tend to just pick something off the shelf that's that looks like a framework and ready to go and then apply it to their organization and yeah. just expect it to work i mean you know how many people took spotify's you know squads and tribes you know and, and just applied it and expected it to work and it didn't yeah. um, you know even spotify themselves said you know <laughs> That, that that you That's know not what it was we do. an experiment that they tried yeah, it, yeah. It, 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 you know everyone kind of you know took it and thought it was the panacea the That's right. bullet. and yeah. and i do believe people have got to have their own journeys with this yeah. but if you base it around the values and the principles of agile i think that's where you've got to start so that's probably my advice um to, for anybody to it's that pair all the way back to the values you yes. start and the principles and start using those yes i guess, i guess um is that if you're not tailoring it, if you're not going through a process of tailoring it to your organization, you're not really doing it. You yeah. Know? And I think that that's as I think you've got to, you know, you hit the nail on the head there is that you've got to have that experimentation mindset. You know, you've got to you've got to find your own way and you've mm. got to iterate and go round and round and round and change it. And you go, that didn't work for us. That failed. You know, move, what's the next experiment we're going to do? How else are we going to change it? Yeah. Yeah. Coming back to the trust. Yeah. I think this is really important. In fact, you know, the five dysfunctions of a team by Patrick, uh, I can't remember his surname, but the five dysfunctions of this trust is right at the bottom. So how do you kind of go about creating that? Because a lot of organisations want this, but they don't know how to create it. And it sounds like you've had some success around this. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's incredibly hard, I think. Um, it's what, you know, it is a big challenge. Um, and I think you've we used a number of techniques, um, uh, we, um, for example, we did 
uh, we made everybody do blueprints of me. So we, we, we kind of set up essentially it's like an interview for about that you would give yourself. Um, and, you know, it, it, we then met, we then asked everyone to essentially take a, go for a coffee with everybody else or everyone on your team and essentially discuss these blueprints of me with each other. And it, it kind of breaks down the barriers. Um, it, it kind of, you know, you get surprised. You didn't realize someone, you know, was really good at this or didn't like that. And, and you get to, you see, you get to see the kind of more, you know, holistic picture of them. Um, Cause one of the, you know, we also obviously believe that people should bring their whole selves to work as well. And so people need to understand the warts and all, you know, and yes. why you're having a bad day. Cause you you know, <laughs> your, your kids aren't doing this or, you know, yes. that, that's, that, that, that's all part of it. And so, Blueprints and me exercise was really good. Um, and then we did a lot of uh, work within teams of trying to, um, you know, it, it, one facilitating that. Um, and, 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 and we have, you know, we, we bought, you know, we, we used some work that Benet Brown did for in like one of her books, so Dare to Lead, um, yeah. um, around what she calls having rumble. So actually have, you know, it's okay to have a hard conversation. Yeah. Um, don't be shy and don't, don't, you know, don't, don't run away from it, you know, and it's also being, you know, being much more generous and listening, um, yes. those kind of things. So bringing all these kind of techniques in and teaching people to use these techniques in the right way really raised the trust level, yeah. um, you know, at, as well as a, you know, from a leadership point of view, from a leadership team, it's also for us, um, you know, we, we also found it very hard. It's like kind of, um, you know, I wouldn't say we did it well, you know, perfectly, you know, but that wasn't the goal. We was around progression was really like allowing, letting the, you know, things like um, um, letting decisions go down into teams, you know, rather than keeping it at the top of the organization, because we found that that also allows uh, the teams to be much more motivated. Um, you know, if they got to decide rather than letting it go all the way up to the exec team and make a decision and then yes. it comes all back the way down again, get rid of this command and control. Yeah. Um, that, that's that, you know, and, and move towards much more self-organization from a team point of view that that's really helped us. Um, and you can only, only, you can only really have that with trust as well. Um, you know, from an exec team, you've got to trust that your teams will do the right thing or their experimentation mindset will, they will get to the right thing. Yeah. Um, so you have to have trust to, you know, to elect to make that feel okay. Yes. That's <laughs> um, right. What's the kind of a time span to kind of get trust in place? Oh yeah, I, I bet you know. I, I guess it, it took us, you know, it, it took us easier a year, um, you know, easier year. So I think where we were comfortable with it, and uh, you know, it's something that's um, you know we're always working on, right. always working on. Um, and I think even large organisations, I, I can only imagine, you know, very large organisations. That's that that's that that's a never-ending story, you know. Um, so I think everyone has their own journeys, but it, for us, you know, of an organization of, you know, a hundred so big, um, it, it took a year at least. And I mean, wow. I, I give you that. I, I'm lucky. I can see the edges of my organization. I can imagine, you know, if I was back at, you know, Alan Overs, a Clifford Charts with thousands of people or, you know, someone like Accenture with 400, 450,000 people, you know, no one person ever sees the edges. And so, you, you know, you'd have to tackle that in a very different way. Um, yeah. Uh, in a very, you know, it would be a lot more about communications, et cetera. Um, That's right. Yeah. And it's kind of coming back to that thing that you mentioned a second ago, which was uh, 
um, you know, what's the small thing that we can do here now? It's it's got to be a bit evolution. There's no big bang here. It's an incremental. There's no big bang. Yeah, it, it's 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 small moves. You know, it's it, you know, in some respects, it's like the smallest. The smaller it can be, the better it is. Really. Yes. You know? uh, yeah. And, it's not like kind of big bang kind of. Uh, you know, we just going to go do this. It just never yeah. works out. I can imagine this big switch in the organisation called trust. Oh, let's flick that on now. Yeah. yeah there you go. It's just, it's, it's, <laughs> It's, 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 that's just, that, that switch doesn't exist. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. And I love what you mentioned around Brené Brown because she's there behind uh, in, in the bookshelf there uh, around vulnerability and having these rumbles because it is painful, I can imagine, you know, and, and going through that and, and also going into this space where you are having these rumbles. Did you find that sometimes those rumbles got a little bit out of hand? And uh, Yeah, um, well, I don't think they necessarily get out of hand. I think this is the role of um so, so the way we kind of rolled out a lot of this system or you know is that we 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 kind of practice it as an executive team first and then that that and that enabled us um to kind of make the big mistakes yeah and um and understand the situations and allowed us to then coach others yeah <laughs> right. um so it, it yeah things get out of hand but you you can then you know you can then coach you can then coach people through these things you know um, and and that's a job that's your job as a leader is to, to coach people through these things people sometimes don't get it some people that you know they 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 feel they you know they they feel kind of um they they you know they they feel vulnerable and the shame of it makes them feel so bad that they shut down or do weird things yes um you know from you know they they do extreme things and you just got to coach people back in um back into you know you know understanding the situation a little bit more yeah. and generally that that's not been a problem for us once we once we you know once we realize things are if they've gone wrong is to bring it all back on you know and say hey you yes. know you it's okay to feel this way you know yeah this reminds me of um I'm part of a kind of international leadership group and this is one of the things that we do it's really good to hear that you're doing exactly so once you have these difficult conversations there's two things one to have the difficult conversations and stay with them you know um because if, as long as you've got a good intention but also then to recover to recover back to self you know recover back as a group uh, because obviously the pain of going through that and and it's great to hear an organization actually doing that because I can I mean I, I can understand the conversations could be really transparent there's less you know um smoke yeah. and mirrors but the, the but you need the transparency um you need the transparency one because I think you know you you need feedback yeah everyone needs feedback uh, and the transparency you know uh, that they're all hand in hand and, and it's you know they're all connected with trust yeah yeah um it, it it that's that 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 they all go you know they're all in the mix um mm-hmm. you know and how you've got to have this mindset that experiments and continuous improvement and that involves feedback you know and that involves tough conversations sometimes <laughs> yeah sounds great yeah. i love what you're doing here you know in the, uh, in the organization and in your leadership so coming to the big elephant in the shape <laughs> of a virus uh in the room uh covid19 which we're kind of living through right now how have you found that in terms of your development it, it, and leadership? It, it, uh, i think you know i, I think it, 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 there's there's good and bad in it you know i think um you know i'm sure you know many of your listeners you know found in organizations you know everyone's learned nowadays that businesses can work fully remote um you know a lot of leaders were always very you know you know kind of were held back on that and going, oh, we always have to be in the office, you know, always have to turn up every day. And now they realize they don't have to do that. So I think there's been some massive strides and learnings there. 
where we can have this hybrid environments maybe going forward when we are allowed back in the offices is that you know the office environment in my mind will change a lot it isn't going to be rows of desks where people turn up it's going to be much more of a space where people can collaborate you know when when people need that kind of face-to-face -face kind of interactions um so i can feel that our offices will change in some respects in the way they're laid out um, you know, the way the meeting rooms are organized is going to be much more in a collab, you know, this kind of collab to working. Um, yeah. And 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 also, I think it's also freed people up, you know, back to the points about bringing wholehearted self is that, you know, you can work from home and you can work around your kids, you know, you, you, <laughs> you can deal with homeschooling and, you know, actually, you know, in, in, for us as an organization, that's, you know, we've been very accommodating on that and it's actually worked for us. So I think, Brilliant. you know, and, and that allows people to feel good at work, um, feels like, you know, the organization they work from cares about them. Um, mm. And, you know, there's, there's lots of benefits of, with it, really. I mean, besides, you know, obviously the virus is, you know, the virus and it, that there's, there's, you know, there's a very negative side to that. But from a business point of view, I think there's been lots of learnings here. Um, yeah. And and it's kind of changed the way everyone is going to work going forward. Um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, as far as, you know, bit, you know, I think kind of first lockdown, you know, there was this kind of knee-jerk reaction, you know, everyone was like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know revenue changed, you yeah. know, the profile of revenue changed. But being in the sector we are around digital experiences, business soon realised that, you know, B2B commerce and getting online and getting all their information, which they'd, they'd normally go maybe go to trade shows and events for. And now, you know, they want to get it online. So it's been it's been a good time for us, you know, because yeah. a lot of our clients have been wanting to move away from these large budgets they spend on, um, you know, you know, Vegas, you know, kind of style conferences yes. are now moved into, you know, digital budgets. Yeah. Yes. I can see there's a lot of, maybe there's a lot of people out there disappointed with that, you know, ah, oh, damn that, that yearly Vegas trip, but Hey, you know, we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, I'm sure it will come back as I think, you know, there's, there's, there's some things around those conferences that, you know, the networking side mm. um, is, you know, you can't recreate that really that well on, you know, yeah. digital platforms. It's just not the same. I, I think people try, but they're just, they, you know, it's just not the same, you know, they, they, they have this kind of roulette, you know, you know, networking, it just doesn't feel the same, really. Um, yes. But So maybe we will go back to conferences for that reason. Yeah. Yes, but, but it's kind of more focused. And I guess people have got their understanding. And then it's just about that kind of human interaction. Yeah. Uh, when we get together. Yeah, I mean, I do, I, I must say, one thing I do like in some of the, you know, the kind of digital conference platforms, um, and, you know, people are, People have really changed the way they do conferences. Like some of the big tech companies have done this, is that they they're setting up like small mini roundtables that are really focused. As you say, they're like, you know, this come and join this table because it's talking about X. And you know, mm. you know, if you go to a big conference, sometimes that's you, you, that's hard to find when you can just find a group of people who want to talk about the subject or your challenge or something. Yeah, you know, that, that's been great because there's you know it's in a list somewhere. You click on a button and you join a group of ten people who want to talk about X. S sometimes that's been that, that you know that's great. Um, mm. uh, but yeah, that still doesn't. I still don't think it has the same feeling as going to big tech conferences. No. So so in terms of working uh, remotely, what's the thing that you the biggest thing that you miss? Oh yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's definitely seeing people. I think you know, it's, you know, it is. I've all, I've always enjoyed having you know that kind of social downtime with my team. I think it is a, 
it's an element of decompression, you know, um, it, 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 you know, of like, you know, you've had a, you know, we've had a particularly tough ch client or challenge, which you know, overcome. And it's nice to see as a think as a, as a, as a team or as a group to go, yeah, we overcame that. Or like that was, you know, that was a tough day, et cetera. And I think that decompression is very hard to kind of do, you know, on a Teams or a Zoom call. Um, yes. You know, it, it's just not the same, really. It's not the uh, same, is it? No. It's, it's quite, it feels quite kind of flat and cardboardy, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. But yeah. It's like just, kind of in the trenches, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You kind of, And also, well, one of the things that, um, just to kind of share, uh, you know, when you're on some of these kind of big meetings, anything more than about five people, and it starts to get very difficult to have a conversation because nobody really knows when to talk and when not to. And usually... yeah. Somebody like me who loves talking just kind of totally takes up the space. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I have to, I have to really remind myself to kind of shut up and, and open space. Yeah. Um, in terms of engineering challenges, then for yourself and your company, um, what's the kind of things that you're kind of hitting and trying to solve at the moment? Um, kind of uh, some of my kind of the challenge at the moment. We're doing kind of integration with ERP systems. Um, you know, is also trying to improve you know customer experience you know is ux practices uis on top of mm. um you know existing legacy infrastructure so our, some of our clients have been like maybe sort of older legacy infrastructure and they're wanting kind of you know new modern experiences on the top of them so it's really you know you know it, it, it's it's really like kind of putting the polish on top of something that, that they've already invested three or four years ago yeah. or five years ago and you know getting them up to like this kind of consumer grade kind of experience um, yes. that th th those are kind of main challenges at the moment yeah brilliant and actually that's kind of triggered something in me uh, around the kind of ux and get that experience because experience does matter but one other thing i notice around some of the big companies out there i won't mention names but they tend to kind of fiddle around with the uxs trying to make the experience better but they fiddle with it too much it's almost like they're trying to find things to do and and sometimes that I don't yeah, know, does, does that trigger it, anything? <laughs> yeah, um, I, I think you can go overboard with it, um, you know, and, and, you know, maybe they're, you know, they're, they're doing too much testing when they don't need to do so much testing. Um, so if, and they, they also could be from a, from a process point doing, you know, not necessarily, they're doing it too wholesale when really they should be doing, they should be running user tests on your experience with a smaller group of people um, and, you know, and, and, and trying to do smaller increments of change yes. um, rather than, you know, you know, if you're noticing it and going, oh, this isn't right. Um, that, that, that may not be, that may not be too good. You yeah. see, you, you may see, you know, I think maybe in the B2C space, you see kind of slightly bigger changes because in the B2B space, um, you don't want to change it. You, you know, you've got to have a meaningful change and it's got to drive value. And it's, it's much more obvious because, you know, if you're looking at a consumer, let's say a consumer app, you're going to have thousands or millions of users. Yeah. And they're not going to, you know, I'm not going to, they're going to be, none of them are going to be individual to me. They're going to be like, you know, cohorts of a hundred or a thousand. Yeah. Um, whereas in the B2B space, because you're talking a much, you know, there's much, there's small amounts of people trying to buy enterprise software, let's say, um, <laughs> you know, you know, there's a few hundred of them a year. So you don't kind of want to, you know, you, you know, they're individuals then. Yeah. Yes. They're not like, oh, blocks of a thousand. Um, yeah. So I think the testing strategies around user testing are slight, you know, they, you have to have different testing strategies, you know, in the B2B space because yeah. they are individuals. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they, rather than, you know, you know, 
10,000 people hitting my app that I want yes. to give a different experience to see how they react to it. Yeah. It's it's, it's just uh, conversations really opening up a, a whole new dimension for me around experience because I think we take it for granted. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a fascinating area and especially around the work that you do. So coming to your to you as a leader, right? What keeps you up at night, Marcus? Oh, um, I, I think, um, you know, I, I, th- I think the, the main thing that keeps me up at night is obviously, is, you know, client satisfaction. I think, you know, in, you know, in consulting and, um, and I'm sure, you know, you see it itself because you're only as good as your last job a little bit. Um, yeah. And, 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 you know, it's all about case studies. And so you, if you do great work, um, you try to tend to get more great work. Um, hmm. and, and and so that's probably what keeps is that client satisfaction that keeps me up at night, really. Um, and, you know, I guess there's an, there's an element of the complexity of like running five or six projects at once that you've all got delivery on all of them. And, you know, keeping them, you know, that plate spinning I was talking about earlier is keep the plate <laughs> spinning, you know, making sure none of them fall off the stick. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Those kind of things are, are, that are probably what keep me up at night. Um, you know, I, I certainly, you know, would love um, to have more time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Wouldn't that, we all? <laughs> yeah, that's right. We need, we need a TARDIS. A time yeah, machine, I would love know? to, I would love more time. Yeah. <laughs> I could, uh, I'm, I'm still looking for one on Amazon. Um, and in terms of this, how do you make your life easier around this? What, what What's your strategy to, deal with this kind of pain uh uh yeah i i think I, th- I think with that the strategy to that pain is really um it, it is 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 make sh- is is to actually well one is to have a lot of trust yeah i think yeah. back to that point is actually my teams you know you've got to trust them they're doing the right things um and and you know really back to that point about i'm there to help them do their you know be their best really yes um so I kind of have to remind myself that's why I'm, you know, I, that's my role. Um, and, 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 and probably the way I probably, probably from a practical point of view, I type kind of like make sure I time box everything. I go, you know, from one to the other to the next to make sure that, that all those plates are kept, kept spinning really. Yeah. I've got a great picture I'm going to share with you after this oh, uh, yeah. around that. It's uh, does, yeah, it is a little bit like that to kind of keep the money. You don't, you don't want those. Um, in fact, maybe this is a thing that we need to teach uh, leaders is to do plate spinning, you know, as a kind yeah. of actual real yeah, maybe. <laughs> it, 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 you can imagine it's one of those kind of great, um, you know, if you went to, you know, like a management workshop and you're yes. at a circus school and they, they're teaching you to plate spin. <laughs> yeah. There you go. We're gonna, there we go. It was invented here. We're going to reinvent that. So as we kind of bring towards the end of the kind of uh, our time together, um, I wanted to get some, I'm always interested in what books have been gateway books for leaders. What books yeah, would you recommend? Um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, um, I would definitely, obviously, Ben A. Brown, Dare to Lead, would be um, would be a great one for me. Um, uh, Frederick Laloux, Reinventing Orgs. Um, I mean, it's, it's a slightly older book um, about yeah. a till-based company. I mean, that's where... A lot of our um, our foundation of former Bono really came, you know, from us going into this high trust environment. What what we called Oma Bono Two Zero. Um, cool. Uh, it, it came from <laughs> kill based companies um, uh, from Frederick's book. Um, and then I don't know, maybe another book I I, I, I re reread recently um, um, that I thought is always always puts a smile to my face is uh, Managing Humans. Um, 
the the Michael Lott book. Um, it, that's always because because it, it's you know in the software industry, it, it, and it, you you know he, his analogies are always kind of the ones that you know yourself. Yes. And you yeah. Go, yeah. I know. Oh, yeah, 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 I see that. Yeah, one, I've been yes. there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And so I'd recommend that to anyone because it's it, you know that that kind of element of humour really brought drives at home on that book. Yeah. Yeah, it, it reminds me of The Office, the comedy. You know when you yeah, it has that. It's exactly right. It has that <laughs> the slightly element of it, which is you know it's 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 close enough to the bone that you go. <laughs> yes. And, it, and that humour helps you remember it. And, Brilliant. You know makes you when you go into your next situation makes you realize whoa stop yeah. here this is I'm, I'm going down that rabbit hole you know that's right i'll tell you uh, to share with the audience and being totally vulnerable like brene brown uh, encourages us to do um i got called david brent once you know uh, as a leader <laughs> and i thought no this is not good and actually that humor and we had a laugh about it and i did it did hurt but i did adjust my leadership so this kind of goes back to that transparency you know to kind of have those honest conversations and, yeah. and grow as leaders you know because uh, you yeah. those feedback loops out there even if they are humorous and painful um, yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> and and in some i'm going to pretend to be a tech genie for a second marcus oh yeah okay? i'm going to i'm going to give you a wish uh for your kind of industry or leadership whatever it is what's your wish oh yeah well you know okay i kind of touched on it earlier for one of them so i'm i'll get i'll get one and a half wishes off you but i definitely <laughs> i definitely slow time from my customer's point of view i think yeah. i would like to go <laughs> <laughs> at the same time but my from a customer's point of view is slow time but I, you know and and then maybe related to that I, I I'd love to work you know you can imagine if there was no money in the world I think that would be another perfect <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love it very similar I, yeah slowing time would be a great wish yeah I, a slight kind of a, uh addition to that uh, I read an article in New Scientist where they were doing some research on perception of time so yeah. something you know, sometimes when you're doing stuff, time starts to go really slow, and sometimes really fast. And what they were doing to do is train people to perceive time to be slower. So in a way, time was going slower for them. Wow! But, oh, yeah, there you amazing. go. Maybe that's one to kind of look up. If you uh, get more work done. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. the trick. That's the trick. And and yeah. and final takeaway for the tech leader, women and men out there. What would you say to them as a kind of leadership tip? Um. Y- yeah. Um. I think. I think the lead. I think is going back to maybe this servient leadership point of view. You know, I, I think it's. Um, I think be transparent and be honest, um, and you know, and really feel your job as a leader is to get the best out of the the individuals and your team as a whole. Really, yes. Um, and, and you know, it, it's honesty and transparency, um, and and well, and you know, and bringing living your values. Really, I think um, is in, in an honest way. Um, you know. It, you know that that you know when we were doing those blueprints and me um you know we also did the kind of values exercises that go along with those to actually understand what your individual values are um and really live them yeah yeah i think that's great and it's simple as well i mean it's not yeah it's super you know, simple simple yeah it's interesting because this weekend I uh, I actually looked at my values again uh, to reflect on them and see what I was honouring and they, what they I'm change. not. They change, yeah. Yes, yeah, you know. As well, yeah. And uh, yeah, and I think that's really important to do. So that's great to hear. Great advice, Marcus. So thank you for being with us on CTO Confessions. Some yep. brilliant tips there. And uh, I look forward to speaking again, sir. Well, thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Do you know when IT Labs first asked me to host their CTO Confessions podcast series, I had the hope that it would be going beyond technical leadership. And it has. 
It's wonderful to see how tech leaders are talking about the things that really matter, well, to me at least, like trust and other human-centric attributes. Well, Marcus did not disappoint here. His organisation's dedication to building up the social system with a strong foundation of trust is, to me, common sense and delightful to see. Wonderful. So my key takeaways from the podcast with Marcus were as follows. Firstly, trust matters. It's not surprising that Patrick Lencioni, in his book, Five Dysfunctions of a Team, dedicates the establishment of trust to be the first strong steps towards creating highly performing teams. Secondly, a business's brand is just not about the logo and fancy billboards anymore. It's about the experience. Experience is starting to be the new brand. Think of Apple, iPhone and Tesla. It's the experience you have with them that really defines what that company is about. Thirdly and finally, that old chestnut, transparency. It feeds into trust and allows people to align better to what is happening in the organisation and what they need to do. So what were your key takeaways from the podcast? Thank you again, Marcus. I trust that you and your organisation will continue with your customer-centric success through the foundations of the trust that you have built throughout it. Thank you. And finally, remember to subscribe to CTO Confessions podcast and IT Labs newsletter, where you get regular tech articles and invites to the IT Labs webinar series. URLs for this can be found at the bottom of this page. We are consistently creating material to create, nurture and support a community of tech leaders. And of course, if you want to know more about IT Labs services, including our Teams as a Service service, please don't hesitate to get in touch. As mentioned in the intro, please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing agility, high-performing teams off that shelf with a wide breadth of skill and knowledge. Well, that's all, folks. Look after each other and keep safe. Wishing you all a good day or evening, wherever you are in the world, from all of us here at IT Labs. Live long, live well and prosper. Until we meet again on the next CTO Confessions podcast.